Are Greg and Maya professional reviewers? Absolutely not. Like amateurs at best, but it's okay because they're funny, smart, and kind of adorable. Bless their hearts. So sit back, relax, and tune into this week's episode of All Cued Up. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to All Queued Up, the review podcast about streaming service shows. On today's show, we're going to talk about The Holdovers, a film that you can uh, find on Peacock. Uh, our discussion, that's all we're reviewing. Our discussion topics, we're going to talk about more wrestling shit before we start the separate podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about this thing with Gina Carano, because <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Um, but first... I'm Greg. That's Maya. Maya, how's your week been? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, low key. It was an off week. Uh, no football this week. The Super Bowls this coming weekend, so I had a Sunday off. Uh, watched the final season premiere of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, pretty, pretty. Pretty, pretty good. Um, <clears throat> pretty funny. Really amusing. Um, you know, got some more hobby shit. Um, some little uh, signature paint series set for Vincent Venturella from Pro Acryl. Uh, awesome. Uh, custom colors that they he worked with to get those. Uh, you know, other than that, just low key, just trying to uh, get. You know, not a lot happened this week. Uh, listening to a lot of news articles and podcasts and stuff related to uh, everything that's been going on in wrestling, which we'll touch on here in a few minutes, but. Yeah, my week's been kind of low key, you know. Today, after we get done recording, I'm gonna work on work on my shelves a little bit um, because I got some new action figure bases for my Black Series figures, and these work better than the ones that I was fortunately able to get a refund for. Uh, That's good. So, yeah, I'll, I'll put my Black Series figures up on the shelf, and you know, who knows. Who knows what I'll do after that and go from there. The day is the day is young. It's 11.03. Yeah, young but, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I've only been up for six hours. Um, how was your week? Uh, I was fine for the most part. It was, uh, you know, my, I caught that cold before the... Um, NFC and AFC championship games. So I remember being like fucking super sick watching the Niners win. And then the next day I was getting better, but I've had this cough. You might hear it during the podcast. Like it's just been this phlegmy cough for a little bit. Well, one of the issues is that I gave it to everybody else in the house. Um, Jeff got over it really quickly because he's, you know, more active. So his immune system's a bit stronger. Whereas my parents kind of sit in their rooms, 90% of the fucking retirement. So, they're still struggling with it and they've had it for a little over a week. 
Uh, but my dad is that kind of guy who's gets very whiny when he's sick. <laughs> so that's been not fun. But uh, 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 but yeah, other than that, it's just been like trying to deal with that and uh, not really catching up on anything. I've been kind of been low key chill about certain things, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't nothing to report necessarily. Um. But it has been a wild fucking week, especially weekend, in uh, wrestling. So if any of you last week had, like, listened to the podcast that we did, the separate podcast, The Uninhibited, that was about wrestling, um, Maya and I really want to turn that into a separate podcast where uh, we kind of discuss everything that has that's going on with wrestling or just discussing wrestling in general. Um. So uh, we're trying to come up with a name to get that going. It'll take a little while, but for the meantime, you're going to hear us still talk about wrestling on this podcast. But before we get to the wrestling topic at hand, um, there was some news that dropped yesterday. Some quite hilarious news. So back in, what, 2020? I think it happened in 2020. I think it was 2021. Because it was, I thought it was right at the peak of the pandemic that she posted. I think it was, I think it was early 2021 when they actually let her go. Um, yeah, it was 2021. Okay. Uh, well, she was. She like had that. been. She had already been tweeting shit that was. They were telling her, "Hey, you know." Not cool. Don't say that kind of stuff. The biggest problem that a lot of people have with social media and they just don't understand is that when you post something and you it's an opinion, that's one thing. But when you start making some awful fucking comparisons or you like because people are like, she never posted that picture of the of the Nazi thing. So that's what got her in the most trouble, by the way, is that there was a post that was going around. A bunch of people were retweeting it, but it was this picture that was basically insinuating that being a anti-vaxxer or anti-masker was the same as being a Jew in Nazi Germany. Um, yeah. Uh, she she shared a post uh, that said, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Right. So was the, the problem context, of the-, the problem with that and people, cause me, I don't know. I, I hope our listeners aren't that dumb, but uh, the issue with that is it's nowhere near the same comparison in any way, shape or form. It is this like self victimizing kind of thing that a lot of people who feel like they might be in a minority will start to do. They'll start to throw out First Amendment rights, which is always funny when it's a private entities we're talking about here, like Disney. Um, Mm -hmm. And they just don't want to understand it. Now, the other aspect is that Gina Carano was not hired by Disney. She was a, uh, 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 what do you call that? um, An extra. 
She was a guest, recurring guest role. Yes, thank you. Recurring guest role, which means that she was getting paid about 10000 an episode, but Actually, she wasn't... Yeah, this says 5000 an episode. Oh, okay. Um, but oh, she wasn't... 25000 was... $25, an episode with a one-time $5,000 bonus. Gotcha. Anyway, she was not an act. She was not hired. So Disney, able to just let her go, isn't a breach of any contract. It's not, she wasn't hired by them, so, she, so it's not a firing, because she's now trying to sue Disney for wrongful termination. And again, that continues to be funny considering what her role was on set. Um, because like Pedro Pascal and uh, uh, um, shit, I'm trying to think Carl of any Withers. other, what's that? Carl Weathers? No, I believe Carl Weathers was also just a reoccurring actor role. Mm. Because he was, and so was, um, I can't think of her name, but she was on, uh, uh, she Who played the mechanic. Play? Oh. On Tatooine. Uh, Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris, thank you. Yeah, she was also a reoccurring actor role. So none of them were hired. Um, but yeah, so she comes out and she's like, she's like, Daily Wire is going to help me with this. And then Elon Musk is going to fund it. And Elon Musk even retweeted her tweet, which is hilarious. By the way, would you like me to read her tweet? Cause it is comedy fucking gold. Go ahead. If you've got it in front of you. I do. Um, mostly. Hang on. I know, I know where to find it, which is because so 20 hours ago she posts this. Today is an important day for me. I am filing a lawsuit with Lucasfilm and Disney. After my 20 years of building a career from scratch and during the regime of the former Disney CEO, Bob Chappell, uh, Lucasfilm made this statement on Twitter, terminating me from The Mandalorian. Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Uh, no, nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people uh, based on their culture, cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> she immediately goes into denial on it. Uh, the truth is I was being hunted down from everything I posted to every post I liked because I was not in line with the acceptable narrative of, of the time. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um, my words were constantly twisted and uh, to demonetize and dehumanize me as an alt-right-wing extremist. Um, it was a bullying smear campaign aimed at silencing, destroying, and making an example out of me. I mean, I'll agree with her there. <laughs> like, she absolutely was being used as an example in that category. But, whatever. Yeah, but she gave the ammunition for the fucking campaign. Agreed. Like. Completely agreed. <laughs> Uh, she continues, the thing is, I never even used aggressive language. I shared thought-provoking quotes, pictures, memes, and occasionally I used my own words, not with aggression, but with respect and the occasional comedy to keep the mood light in dark times. Yeah, okay, Man. I'll remember that the next time I ask you, Gina Carano, what my pronouns are. Yeah, no shit. Um, look with your own eyes at what I posted and ask yourself, for example, where did I compare compare Republicans to the Jewish people in the Holocaust. You didn't, and no one insinuated that you did. No one important insinuated that you did, but we know what you actually were insinuating. 
Um, she goes, I didn't. Ask yourself why they were calling me a racist. Was there any merit behind that or history of it whatsoever? No. <laughs> this argu- these arguments are so funny. Look at why I was called a transphobe for making droid noises from Star Wars. Beep, boop, bop, beep was obviously directed at the online bullies and did not in any way denigrate transgender people. You literally did that on a post about a transgender person wanting to change pronouns. I don't know what to tell Uh you, Gina. Uh, Were my questions about mass lockdowns and forced vaccines okay um, okay to push and push the subject into the light? Should we have been allowed to publicly discuss those topics at the time without being harassed or censored? Absolutely. Ma'am, again, you questioning masks, you questioning lockdowns was not why you got canned. No. Um, Hollywood says they support female representation and equal rights. Why then were my male co-stars permitted to speak without harassment and re-education courses or termination, but I was not afforded the same right to exercise my freedom of speech? Again, that argument right there cracks me up because the other male co-stars got in trouble and got rid of the tweets or whatever the fuck it was and then took those classes. When she was offered those, she declined it. Mm-hmm. Um, artists do not sign away our rights. First off, you're not an artist. Uh, as American citizens, when we enter into employment, again, you were not employed. I have spoken to all my co-stars since I was fired. No, you haven't. And there is nothing but care and kind words between us. I respect their right to free speech, and I do not have to think the same on every issue. We do not have to speak the same on every issue, but they're but they're friends. Supposed to be they are friends, but she did the red the wrong there. And work with them, and I know they feel the same towards me. Boy. Do I ever doubt that? A couple months ago, Elon Musk tweeted that if he had been fired from the from using the platform if you had been fired from using the platform X for exercising your right to free speech, he would like to offer these people legal representation. Quite the noble offer, but never in my wildest dreams would I have thought anyone would take on my case against Disney and Lucasfilm. Still, I did respond back. I think I qualify a thousand uh, and thousands of people agreed, but I did not expect anything to my surprise. A few months ago, I received an email from a lawyer who had been hired by X to look into my story and many others. Turns out after sending them as much information as I could, as I, sorry, as I could gather these past few months, my now lawyers and ex believe wholeheartedly in my case and are moving forward. I would like to express my deepest gratitude and thank you to Elon Musk and X for giving me an opportunity to bring my case to light. As for me, I would love to pick up where I left off I would and continue my journey of crafting and participating in storytelling, which is my utmost passion and everything I work so hard for. It has been difficult to move forward with the with the lies and labels stuck on me, backed and encouraged by the most powerful entertainment company in the world. I am grateful someone has come to my defense in such a powerful way and look forward to clearing my name. Thank you to all the people who have supported me, and may your voices be heard. I pray God blesses each day and every one of you. With love, Gina Carano. Shut the fuck up. I mean, not you. <laughs> Not you, her. Jesus I know, I know. Christ, that's a fucking like that's a wrap it the fuck up tweet. Shut up and go. <laughs> it really is. Jesus. 
dude. It's it. I was like, I read that this morning. It, 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 it would be it would be just as easy to say, I didn't say that shit. Hey, that's a that's a, she vomited a word salad to say I never did this shit. Mm-hmm. That's that's all she's saying, and it's in black and white that she fucking did. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite thing is that her defenders will sit there and say she didn't post that image. Okay, I don't know how else to explain this, but sharing it is now your words. That's how that works. Unless you quote tweeted it and then put something on top of it, you are now, those are your words. That's how this works. Sharing is caring. Like, I just, it's so fucking silly to me that that there's something like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. But, uh, so the other part to this that's really funny, I'm about to, you're about to hear my voice a ton again here, guys. Um, the, uh, the paperwork for the, the, the filing, if you will, for the lawsuit has been made public. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the introduction is fucking hilarious. So it starts off with like complaint and it talks about like what the, what the case filing is for. And then it says introduction. A short time ago in a galaxy, not so far away. This is on legal documents. This is on legal documents. Defendants made clear that not only a orthodoxy in thought, speech, or action was acceptable in their empire, and that those who dared to question or fail to fully comply would not be tolerated. And so was with Karana. After two highly acclaimed seasons of The Mandalorian as Rebel Ranger Cara Dune, uh, Karana was terminated from her role as swiftly, as swiftly as her character's peaceful home planet of Alderaan had been destroyed by the Death Star in the earlier Star Wars film. That's a whole sentence. And all this, wow. beca- all this because she dared to speak her voice and her own opinions on social media platforms and elsewhere and stood up to online bullying mob who demanded her complaints with the extreme progressive ideology. <sighs> oh, this is funny. First I didn't see all, this part. First of all, in my response to that, I'm not an extreme left ideology, as I have been referred to. You know, yeah. Uh, she she made transphobic comments, you know, and in response to that, I feel that I have the right to say, "Fuck you." I'm not an ideology. Yeah. Go ahead. You're fine. It's just the next the next paragraph talked about how like Disney and Star Wars was like the the future of the force is female, yet firing Karina Karana doesn't prove that. And I'm like, wow. So all the other female actors that have been in Star Wars since none of that matters, huh? It's just it's so fun. She's gonna lose, like straight up. There's aspects well, to this that are logical and she just she doesn't the, the first thing lose. is you know the wrongful termination won't even stand on its own merit because she was never officially employed she was paid per appearance she wasn't under contract well the, the other aspect of the lawsuit too of like defaming her name isn't going to stand because disney has every right to do that every right to do that they, you don't you don't agree with them or whatever 
they can get rid of you. It's within their rights. It is intensely funny that there are people like her who don't understand that. Dude, the the things that people don't understand. I love this era of like Elon Musk continuously looking like a fucking fool. Um, I don't know if you've heard about the Cybertruck fiasco, but that's been fucking amusing to watch. Oh, about the trucks getting stuck in the snow and shit? No, it's worse than that. Oh. So, if you have a Cybertruck, either you have two options. Never fucking take it out of your garage. Or, every time you drive it, you need to wash it. Every time. So, the natural water that's in the air, rain, whatever it may be, bird poop, it corrodes the metal that's on the truck. Like, immediately. I thought it was stainless steel. People are finding mineral deposit, like, spots on their car, on the truck. Um, They're rusting in certain parts. Um, uh, There was, like, bird shit that, like, corroded the metal to where it could, like, it had to be, the whole panel had to be replaced. The fact Um, that people are buying these ugly pieces of shit is baffling to me. Yeah, same. Uh, We've had a Cybertruck wreck already. And so here's the biggest structural problem with the Cybertruck. So cars, regular cars have what's called impact zones or crumple zones, right? And that's Mm -hmm. to absorb the impact to not transfer that to the, to the passengers or the driver as intensely to mitigate trauma. Right. These trucks don't have that at all. There's no crumple zones. Doesn't exist. So what ended up happening with this wreck was fucking steel car from the fucking fifties. Pretty much. Um, so what ended up happening in this wreck was it was on a small like country road. They basically got on a, in a, in a head-on collision. The car that got hit, the car, I should say, the regular car, was totaled, right? But because of yeah. crumple zones and impact zones, the driver's fine. The driver of the Cybertruck, and the Cybertruck looks mostly okay. Other than its wheel, it looks fine. Um... The driver's all fucked up. Driver had to go to uh, hospital. Because not only did the, the airbag deploy late, but all of that kinetic energy transferred to the driver. Oh, God. Yeah. And uh, so that's been an issue. Then all the like other issues, the, the cosmetic issues with the car, the hubcaps are eating the tires. Jesus. Whatever material that hubcap is, is literally eating through the rubber on the outside of the tire. And I'm just like, hey, y'all wanted to fucking blow 250,000 or 150,000, whatever it is. Like, that's on you because... They wanted to metaphorically blow Elon. (laughs) But I love it, dude. Like, I don't love people getting hurt, obviously, but I am a big fan of Elon Musk's downfall. And like him taking on these frivolous lawsuits, you know, spending billions of dollars on, on, on Twitter and like his stock just falling. I'm like, oh, God, 2024, you can only do so much to make me happy. 
Yeah. And he's just showing himself to be more and more of a cringy douchebag every fucking day. Every day. You know, it's, I always go like, what did Grimes see in him? Like, what did she actually see in him? And then she posts, or she's in an interview and she's talking about how she uh, came up with a dish that she loves eating all the time named Butter Toast. And what Butter Toast is, is that she takes a stick of butter, melts it down, and puts it on toast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's how, that's how Elon got with her. Got it. Okay. Just clarifying that. So, but yeah. <laughs> she but calls that a recipe she came up with. Uh huh. Hang, hang on. It's literally minute. how everybody, most people do it. Um. So we were talking about it. Lately, I've been waking up and I make this thing called butter toast, which is where I melt like a stick of butter. <laughs> Um, on a plate, and then I like put toast in, and then turn the toast over, and like so the toast is completely saturated in butter. Okay. Yeah, you didn't invent that. <laughs> but when I see, like, that's my point. When I see that video, I go, "Got it. <laughs> Things are making sense now. They're clicking. You know what I mean?" Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah, it's just you know, I. I can't wait for this lawsuit to actually go into effect and us just here like it got immediately shut down because it's frivolous. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I can't wait. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is wrestling stuff. Uh, Maya, would you like to let the audience know what happened uh, after Rumble? After the Royal Rumble? Well, CM Punk tore his tricep. You got to speak up a little bit. That was really quiet. Uh, I was like, Punk tore his tricep. He's out. He actually had surgery this past week. So he's probably going to be out until like September at the earliest. Um, But, you know, as a result, where Cody won and Rollins is hurt, Rollins has pled his case to Cody saying, hey, you want to face me. You don't want the Hollywood title, the Hulk Hogan title that the part-timer wears. You want to wrestle for the Ric Flair and the Dusty Rhodes title, the workhorse title, the one that I've made important. And it's a title that was created solely for him um, to hold. You know, it's a made-up title. It's not even a year old. There's no lineage. There's no prestige behind it other than the fact that he's defended it like 30 times or what have you. I mean, so what? You know, there's, there's, you know, even in, you know, outside of kayfabe, there's some level of prestige to the fucking title. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know. <clears throat> but so Cody's like, I'll make my decision, I'll let you know. So he goes on SmackDown Friday. And he's like, you know, and he says to Roman Reigns, he says, I'm coming for that title. I'm just not coming for it at WrestleMania. He said, I took a lot of counsel. One of the people I took counsel with knows you very well. And then The Rock's fucking music hit. And The Rock came out. 
and they had a stare down to end the show. And it's basically set up the Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Well, that went over like a turd in a punch bowl. Um, because even though, yeah, the live crowd popped when they heard the Rock's music, mainly because they were surprised and this and that. After it's all set in and said and done, fans that follow the product are pissed. They are upset that The Rock has arguably, you know, stepped in. There's so many stories swirling out there. We don't know what's true and what's not true. But basically, it's set up for The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and Cody's taking a back seat. Which would make the whole point of winning the Royal Rumble match pointless if you're not going to get your Mania title shot. Uh, So people are angry. Hashtag we want Cody started trending immediately on Twitter. Uh, Hashtag Rocky sucks. Uh, Went trending on Twitter. You know, and hashtag, you know, we want Rocky also trended on Twitter. But it like... We want Cody outperformed it four to one. Yeah. Like, you know, 100,000 tweets to over 400,000 tweets that Cody got more. Um, Way the fuck more. So, wouldn't it? Yeah, a lot more. And it's still going. Yeah. It's still going. And this has been going on since Friday night, Saturday morning. Um, But on Raw this week, I mean, people. I've read reports that the WWE was actually handing out hashtag we want Cody signs to fans at the doors when they were coming in because there were a lot of like printer paper sized identical we want Cody hashtag we want Cody signs. So I believe that, but you know, I don't know what to make of this. Uh, I know it's frustrating because I'm not a fan of the rock. You know. Well, you know, I, I kind of was talking to, I think I was talking to you a little bit about this and somebody else, but um, Dwayne had this feud with Vin Diesel because Vin, you know, for the for the tenth movie, he wants everybody that's ever been in a fucking Fast and the Furious movie, granted if they're still alive or their character's still alive, to be in Fast Ten, and uh, he was trying to appeal to The Rock, and The Rock kept saying no. And I remember reading the story going like, who's the problem here? Who's the, who's the problem in this situation? And it, uh, there was a moment, I don't remember when it was exactly, but there was a moment where I went, I think the rock is the problem. I think he's our issue. And I thought, well, he just doesn't ever come across as that kind of guy. I don't, you know, like, I don't know. And then that's the thing. He tries way too hard to not come across as that guy, but he is a hundred percent that guy. He's He's totally, he's a hundred percent a piece of shit. He has an ego the size of fucking Jupiter. And, um, it, it, it becomes a problem when it's not fun. It becomes a problem when, he he's no longer giving a shit about his public image. The last time he did anything that was quote unquote bad 
and got some feedback for it was um uh Black Adam? No. Um him and Oprah came out and asked for donations for Maui. Um Oh yeah, yeah. More recent than Black Adam. Yeah, way more recent. And the reason that Oprah and, and and Rock got a bunch of backlash for that was they were basically asking people to donate their own money when the Rock and Oprah hadn't donated like very okay. much at all. Well, they did donate money. They donated about twenty thousand dollars each, which is well, that's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That's like they wanted like twenty million for the for the the, the fix the problem in Maui, but donated such, such a small amount of their wealth, and people were like, "We know you have way the fuck more money than that." So that got them in a lot of heat and the rock came out with a video that was like, I understand my mistake, yada, yada, but did nothing else. Just kind of like, it was wrong of me to ask people for that much money. Yeah. Yeah. The fuck it was. You know, you don't ask people for that much money if you don't donate shit yourself. So I wanted to bring something up because I personally think that the sales of merch speak volumes for who's hot, who's not when it comes to WWE, right? Um, so the sales for the top 10 items have been as of February 7th, so today. Um, mm-hmm. Here are the top 10, top 10 selling t-shirts in the WWE shop. Mm-hmm. Number one is Cody Rhodes' Claim Your Kingdom men's shirt. Okay. Number two is Cody Cody Rhodes' Claim Your Kingdom women's. Number three is Cody's Claim Your Kingdom youth. Number four is Drew McIntyre's tombstone picture that he had on Raw. Yeah. Because heel Jew is cracking me the fuck up. Um, Did you say heel Jew? <laughs> It literally sounded like you said heel Jew. Because I probably said it really quickly, but heel Drew is cracking me up. Okay. Don't, don't you turn me into a fucking Gina Carano. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously we want the Jews to be healed from the anti-Semitism that is <laughs> prevalent, especially since this whole war in fucking Gaza genocide. Oh, dude. I, shit makes me so sad. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm trying to spin a shitty joke out of misunderstanding what you said into a positive thing. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, let me get through this real quick, so then we'll. Okay, yeah, what so was number four? Drew, number four number was uh, Drew, Drew McIntyre's tombstone. Number five is CM Punk's uh, "Hell Froze Over" return shirt. Mm-hmm. Number six is CM Punk's 2011 classic shirt. Uh, number seven is Jay Uso's "Yeet." Number. Uh, number eight is Cody Cody Rhodes's uh, camo skull shirt. Uh, number nine is Cody Rhodes original Claim Your Kingdom shirt, as I guess there was a different design for him. Didn't know. And number ten is uh, The Rock's People's Champ shirt. Now, wow. before before this ordeal that happened on SmackDown into the weekend, The Rock's shirt, The People's Champ, was like number two. Yeah. So, yikes. Big old fucking yikes. They, they've painted themselves into a corner. Uh, there's, reports, there's reports out there, and, you know, we don't know the validity of these reports because with internet wrestling websites, uh, a.k.a. the dirt sheets, as they've been referred to for decades, 
you know, they're not always the most reliable or most dependable, but there are sources out there where you can get news as it happens or breaks, but all this is rumor until confirmed otherwise. Um, yeah. But there are reports that rumor has it that part of the contract to be made board of directors of TKO to be named to board of directors of TKO was that he got a guaranteed shot with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which would be prior to the Royal Rumble. And there's rumors that Triple H knew about that. You know, we don't know. It's rumor. It's speculation. We don't know the validity. But regardless, there's there's rumors that he politicked for the match. Uh, there's rumors that they had their plan set in place. It was going to be Punk and Rollins. Then they both got hurt. And Roman and Cody. Uh, and something to do with Brock Lesnar on the card. Well, Brock Lesnar's being quietly scrubbed away. Uh, was not uh, asked to appear at Mania, has been removed from the potential uh, spot that he would have been in at Elimination Chamber and at WrestleMania. Um, And they've removed him from the 2K mobile card game, and they took him off the 40 Years of WrestleMania cover art for 2K24 that comes out next month. The funniest thing about that, by the way, is there's a guy that's well known within the community called the Brock Lesnar guy. That yeah, ever- he's he he changed his tweet to I'm just the guy now. Yep. <laughs> yep. I saw that. I saw that this morning actually. Shit was but hilarious. you know, there's rumor going in. Okay, you had these set plans. What can fix it? And the Rock's like, I can fix it. I'm a big deal. And he's came in to quote unquote save the day. Uh, when, and now they've painted themselves into a corner. They've got, this is basically a repeat of 2014, uh, with the Brian Danielson. Well, he was Daniel Bryan in the WWE, but it's a fucking repeat of that shit. When Vince was just like, you're going to eat what I feed you. And this is what I'm going to feed you. And the fans revolted. And eventually they broke down and said, okay, Daniel Bryan can wrestle on WrestleMania. If he beats this, if he wins this match, then he can compete in the main event in a triple threat. So he wrestled twice and won twice against Batista and Triple H in the main event. You know, because Batista was set up to be the guy and the fans were not having it. And no. this is what we're seeing again. The early we're just four days into it, and the fans are not having this return of the rock shit. What I think is so interesting to me is that a lot of people are like yelling at Triple H for this, and I was like, I don't think it's Triple H at all. I don't. Well, think even if it were, page. even if it were, and it's not. Apparently, you know, if you're on the board of directors, you don't have to do what somebody that's just the head of creative tells you. What do you mean by that? It's not like uh, The Rock is essentially Triple H's boss. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's that's my point is that 
don't get mad at Triple H because of this. It's not his doing. Sure, you know, because he, he does. At the end of the day, he can disagree with it all he wants. Is my point. It's not going to change. Anything. Yeah. I just hope that, like, I really, really hope that other people, whether it be Endeavor, TKO, Triple H, whoever, has kind of gotten through to The Rock, and that tomorrow night when um, that kickoff happens, because good lord, we're watching that. I hope there was there was so, uh, uh, Bubba Dudley, which he goes by Billy Ray now. Or Bully, Bully Ray. Ray. Bully Ray. Um, he has a podcast yeah. with Mark Henry and another guy. I don't remember the other guy's name. He yeah, had, busted open radio. He had a thing on his podcast where he talked about the best thing that The Rock can do right now is at that table. And I agree with this wholeheartedly. Um, at that table that they sit at, on one side is Roman Reigns with his title and Paul Heyman. And on the other side is The Rock. And The Rock gets a mic and he says, uh, there's someone I want to acknowledge. And he says, Roman Reigns. Right? And Roman's like, hmm, I can see a smirk on his face. And then he goes, but there's someone else I want to acknowledge. Someone that I ignored. Uh, someone that needs, that needs proper acknowledgement. And then he calls out Cody Rhodes. Like, and then changes the booking and all that kind of shit. Like, that's the best way that he could handle this at this point. Um, because I don't think anyone would have complained if it was like, like, Cody still gets main event night two with Roman for the title, right? But uh, The Rock is like, because I'm, because I'm the CEO now, uh, you're going Well, he's to- not the CEO. He's just on the board of directors. Sorry. since I, Well, yeah. Like he uh, takes, he and... basically he he uses the fact that he has that muscle now, mm-hmm. and he says um, to to Roman like, if anyone interferes in your match, you're fired. Some shit like that. Basically, forcing Roman to not have any interference. That would be the best way to handle it. And even a spin on that, they can still have Rock versus Roman. Just make Rock versus Roman not one. Or make for Rock versus control. Roman fucking for... Elimination Chamber. Shit. Yeah, or or Elimination Chamber, Rock versus Roman, you know. They could do it prior to Mania. They could do it for Rock's wanting the head of the table. And then Brock wins, you know. But Roman keeps the belt, but Rock's head of the table. Rock makes the decree... No more bloodline interference in any of your matches or you're automatically stripped of the belt. And, you know, basically there's no guaranteed no interference from Solo or Jay or for Jimmy, uh, you know, uh, and Cody could main event night too. That's what they could do. They could do match yeah. one, one night, match two the other night if they wanted to go that route. There's ways they can write themselves out of this fucking corner they've painted themselves into. The Absolutely. F- it's just the big question is, will they? Yeah, because, like, people have, you know, said this, like, Cody never said who he was fighting, right? Never said it on air. It's not confirmed in any way, shape, or form in that. They never said, like, on air, The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It's been more, like, promo shit that has kind of come out. Yeah. Um, 
it could absolutely be re, like like you said, write themselves out of this quarter. It, but will they? and you know nothing's been set in stone, but it could all be. And I doubt this because of you know historical storytelling and believing the rock to be a piece of shit egoist um you know it could all be a big fucking work to anticipate support to build cody up with the rocks backing who knows who knows all i know is you know for 37 years you've made the royal rumble mean something uh in the storyline and now it doesn't mean anything until, you know, he gets his guaranteed many a title shot. And, and you know, until they do that, I just fucking yeah. have a hard time believing, you know. And I, and I know this is all, you know, predetermined scripted stuff. Don't get me wrong for those listeners out there who aren't fans of pro wrestling. But it's the behind the scenes shit and the fucking political maneuvering and the st- you know that is what fascinates me. These decisions and I'm just like, Ugh. you know, they're they're trying too hard. I think I said it last week. They're trying too hard to appeal to everyone. And not the people that put the money in their fucking pockets on a regular basis. Well, not only that, like, you can appeal to everyone, but not with one wrestler, right? Like, it's you said a thousand times. That's what's great about the WWE right now is that there's something there for everybody. You don't like the comedy things. I love the comedy things. Um, I'm not a big fan of, like, hardcore heels, the ones that kind of, like, push the boundaries too much. I think that shit's boring. You love that stuff. But that's what's great about wrestling right now. That there's that variety within all of the wrestlers. The problem that I have is that, like, when you say they're trying to appeal to everybody, they're trying to appeal to everybody with like a small set of wrestlers, and it it sucks. It fucking sucks. It's unnecessary. Um. Uh, I think personally. That Triple H has always known what's best in the moment. And I say that in context of like the Attitude Era, right? Like he wasn't in charge of creative, but he, but like at that time, they were letting the wrestlers write their own stories. It was almost as all of the wrestlers were creative or the creative team. And because I remember reading about this, that like they would kind of come up with what they were going to do that week. And I say kind of as in like, you know, the, 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 the creative team were like, here's your feud, have fun. Um, and I think that's what made a lot of that so entertaining back in the day. But then Vince kind of grabbed control again. And I think that's why I got, for the most part, disinterested. But then Vince would let some wrestlers kind of write their own shit, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Um from what I've read, that was like his entire thing. But like, take for example one of one of WWE's like most popular things right now, which is the R truth with his R truth messing with uh, Judgment Day, right? Mm-hmm. People fucking love it. For a hot minute there, it was like their top selling shirt. Uh, um, 
Damien Priest is the one who came up with the idea that when R-Truth was coming back, he was like, the dude's hilarious. Have him like, like be a part of Judgment Day's shenanigans. Apparently, the writing staff said no, that it wouldn't go over. That R-Truth's comedy doesn't mesh with Judgment Day's hard heel. Damien was like, I promise you, it'll work. They kept saying no over and over. And he, was, he kept fighting for it. Finally, they caved. And guess what? It was very successful. I mean, and people enjoy it. I can... I, I'm, I don't find it appealing, but I don't hate it. Well... You know, there's been a couple of aspects where like, okay, that was funny. I was going to say, yeah, but that's that's your taste. That's... Oh, pardon me. Oh, sorry. Oh, Jesus. Um, that's your taste, and that's that's fine. That is what it is. But my my entire point is that the wrestlers themselves have a pretty fucking, for the most part, from my experience, have a pretty good idea of what's going to work and what's not going to work. And yeah. and Triple H, being one of those wrestlers, has very good insight on that. And the problem is that there's so many, so many times that. And not just The Rock. Like, Vince did this. Uh, studio execs have done this. I mean, you can go as far back if you want to, to Spider-Man 3. The the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3. I'm sure that movie would have been great had fucking Sony not shoved fucking Venom into it. Yeah. Like, and that's that's the problem that I always see with these higher-ups. And that's what I'm seeing with The Rock is this attitude of, like, I know what's best because I have that control. It's almost like absolute power corrupts absolutely situation. Yeah. So I'm frustrated by it just because I remember last year, like I was watching the Super Bowl with Andy. I was at his house and I'm texting you and my brother. And we kind of knew Cody was going to lose the title shot. And the reason that we knew he was going to lose was that this entire finish the story thing was still pretty new. It almost felt like he needed a little bit more to really elevate that story. And so for the past year, he's been going on side quests leading back up to it. And uh, and it finally, like, that storyline was going to end. We were going to get to its climax. And so that that rug being pulled out from everyone's feet is what really got everyone pissed off. I think in any other context, it might not have been a big deal. But, uh, like, think about any other situation. Like, let's say Gunther won Royal Rumble this year, right? Mm -hmm. And The Rock comes out and challenges Roman. I don't think the reaction that this has gotten would have been a thing. This yeah. is why this is why them saying, "Oh, we had planned this back in early January." That's why I call bullshit on it. I don't believe for a fucking second that they had planned it that far back. Maybe The Rock was talking about potentially doing it that far back, but no one else knew. There's no way that Cody knew before going into that SmackDown. If that's the case, then he wouldn't have been in the ring yelling and pointing directly at Roman saying, you, Roman, you, I'm coming for you, Roman Reigns. 
Because had he known before winning the Rumble, that would have been a thing. Had it been planned out better, The Rock would have been entry number 30 and won the fucking Rumble. It'll be interesting to see how they pivot if they do. Yeah. If they don't, it's going to suck. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really interested in tomorrow's press conference thing. Did you see the prices for the packages for that, by the way? For fans to attend? The tomorrow's thing? Yeah. No. You can attend for $500 uh, for like a small tease of this is what you can experience but for $2,500 you can do a lot more including having cocktails with your favorite stars Jesus Christ yeah they're really capitalizing on this I mean I've said it a hundred times like I really don't mind capitalism in the context of entertainment but I am against fucking overpricing shit. Like, oh, do you want to do this cool thing? Well, you better be rich. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's 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 where we are now currently. You know, yeah. not even talking about the vent shit where Laurinaitis is decided to throw him under the bus and say he's a victim too. (laughs) I also want to point this out to people. Please, for the love of God, stop doing the whole, they're just trying to distract us from the Vince stuff because nobody's talking about it. What's there, there hasn't been a whole lot of news to come out of it since it fucking happened. Also, people can talk about multiple things. No one's forgotten about the Vince thing. The fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And yes, we're all fucking painfully aware it was an attempt at getting us to forget about it. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, you're all marks because you stopped talking about the Vince thing. What? Oh, drives me nuts. Anyway. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the movie we watched. Uh, the whole of Yes, let's. <clears throat> um, I'm just going to go ahead and say... This movie is absolutely delightful. Yeah. Um, It's set in December of 1970 and carries over to like New Year's Day of 71. Um, But it's a 2023 American comedy drama film. It's directed by Alexander Payne, written by David Hemmingson. Uh, It stars Paul Giamatti as a strict... uh, very strict classics teacher at a New England boarding school who's forced to chaperone a handful of students with nowhere to go over Christmas break. Um, this is the simplest way to sum it up. Uh, Giamatti plays Paul Hunnam. Uh, he's an authoritarian classics professor at Barton Academy, a New England boarding school that he once attended on scholarship. His students and fellow teachers despise him for his brutally honest grading and stubborn personality. Uh, 
Basically, the headmaster scolds Hunnam for having cost the academy an important donor by giving the donor's son a failing grade, which led uh, Princeton University to rescind its former offer of admission to the donor's son. So he cost the academy quite a bit of money. And as a result, as punishment, he's forced to supervise the five students that have been left on campus during the Christmas break, including Angus Tully whose mother abruptly canceled a family trip to St. Kitts to honeymoon with her new husband. That he brings up that you married in July and you're just now taking a honeymoon in December. (coughs) What the fuck? Yeah. Also staying behind is cafeteria manager Mary Lamb, whose son Curtis Lamb attended Barton before being killed serving in the Vietnam War. So those are our three main players. Uh, To the students' chagrin, Hunnam forces them to study and exercise on their break. After six days, the wealthy father of one of them arrives by helicopter and agrees to take the five students on the family ski trip. But Angus is unable to reach his parents for permission, so he is left alone at Barton with Hunnam Hunnam and Mary. Uh, That's... That's essentially the first 15 minutes of the movie. The rest is like almost two hours long. And we see this dynamic between Angus and Hunnam and Angus and Mary. And just, wow. This movie was really, really well done. Um, Yeah. you You see this angsty, stubborn teen who is... Rightfully upset, rightfully angry, but doesn't know how to process that anger. Uh, and is defiant and rebellious. And you have this lonely, stubborn professor. And this lonely mother who's lost her child, her only child. You know, she has nobody in her life. And you see the dynamic between them. Uh, and fascinating to watch. Yeah, there there was a lot of moments in the film that, like, I almost cried at. Um, there was, I you know, it's really funny. Like, the the part that I probably had the the hardest time watching was honestly um, uh, the mom at the Christmas party, like breaking down and getting drunk. Like that was rough. Um, yeah, yeah. As for like uh, uh, Angus and um, uh, Paul, because I guess his first name is Paul, which I thought was funny. yeah. Um. Uh, their relationship and them growing to be appreciative of one another was very f- fun to watch. Um, especially when they were in Chicago. Was it Chicago or is it Baltimore? Uh, Boston. Boston. God damn! I knew I was going to get it wrong. Um, that entire thing with them in Boston was was so much fun because you kind of got a lot of moments where you get to see them bonding in a specific way. And I, I really like that led to, to the teacher being more open to, you know, not being a complete prick sort of um, because it ends up still being a little bit of a, of a prick teacher. Um, but, uh, but on the other end, you know, like Angus starts to have an understanding and appreciation for why he's that way. You know, he has that he has that lazy eye. He has uh um 
he's got a condition where he can't process a certain protein in his body and it causes him to have uh gradually more aggressive body odor as the day progresses yeah so like that stuff that stuff was always really interesting and i enjoyed it um there's nothing really bad to say about this movie other than i feel like like act three has a much quicker pacing than act one or two um if I was to complain about anything with this movie as I feel like that's my biggest issue is that act one and two had a pretty steady pace, pretty good pace. And then act three just fucking fires off like a rocket. Um, I don't understand the, the, the artistic direction with that. It feels like they wanted to make a three hour movie, but had to make it shorter. So the act three was maybe rushed a little bit. Um, but there is a very like upsetting twist in Act Three <clears throat> that kind of changes the dynamic a little bit, and I really appreciated that. I'm not going to say it because I want people to watch the movie without. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to reveal anything else about the plot myself either. No, um, but no, I, I like I said, I really enjoyed the movie. I think that if you're looking for kind of a not chill movie, like it's 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 very much a character study film. Right. Um, And if you're looking for something like that, that's dialogue heavy, doesn't have a whole lot of movable moving pieces. Definitely watch it. It is. It's worth your time in that category. Um, But like, again, that, that pacing adjustment to act three was very jarring. (laughs) Cause I was like, Whoa, we're moving at lightning fucking speed now. Um, it also has some funny moments in it, some really fucking funny moments, uh, but nothing like massively substantial, if that makes sense. Like you're just kind of like, Oh, that's something they did. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I can't, uh, I can't complain. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it an A plus, you know, Maya and I talked about it being potentially S tier, but it's not S tier to me. It's just not, it doesn't have that. S tierness, if that makes sense. To me, it does, <clears throat> and that's what I'm going with. Uh, you know, I didn't have a problem with the pacing. You know, um, I, I think you know. Yes, Act Three was faster paced once you got to it, and we'll call that the whole Boston thing. Uh-huh. Oh but yeah, that's that's hundred percent. You accurate. go from you you go from small campus with nothing to do to a busy place with everything to do. Um, you know, and that's to me the story progresses in the same way. It's like yeah, sleepy little kind of mundane to exciting and. Wow, and then you find out the real reason for him wanting to, for Angus wanting to go to Boston so badly, which was heart wrenching. Uh, but yeah, this this film it's it's one of the best movies I've watched in a while. Uh, that, that's I don't get to watch a lot of movies just because I don't make the time for a lot of movies. 
But this is one that I definitely, uh, I want me to sit down and watch it with me. I'd love to watch it again. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, but to me, it is S tier. It's, it's, I don't find any flaws with it. It's wonderfully acted, wonderfully cast, brilliantly shot and edited. Um, and the way that, you know, it's shot, uh, it looks like it really was filmed back in 1970. Like, I mean, that aesthetic uh, was pretty uh, pretty impressive how they, you know, and like even the old uh, the old film openings and everything that had that whole seventies aesthetic to it. It was, it was nice, but yeah, yeah. I loved it. Uh, give it a watch. See what you think. You know? Yeah. I've, if... Yeah. I want to point out, like I gave it an A plus, like just because yeah. I had a mild issue with the pacing in the third act does not in any way, shape or form. Like, do I think you shouldn't watch it? I think you absolutely should. No, no. But we're always interested in hearing your comments in the comments below. What do you think? Let us know. Yeah. Um, and uh, for anyone curious, it is on Peacock. I think I said last week that it was on Prime, and that's my bad because both you and my brother were searching for it. They were like, what the fuck is it? So that's that's on me because no, I didn't double no. check. No, you said it was on Peacock. Did I? Oh, and I told him it was yeah. on Prime. He was like, I'll fucking search for it everywhere. Uh, <coughs> but yeah, um, <clears throat> so... Yes, that's going to do us for this week. That's all we got. We talked a whole bunch. It's actually an hour-long podcast, which is not super common for us. Um, but uh, next week, guys, we're going to talk about Halo's uh, Season 2. I think it's a two-episode premiere. I'll have to double-check that, but I believe it is. Um, we both enjoyed... Yeah, I think it is, yeah. We both enjoyed Season 1. Um, uh Again, you're going to hear me bitch about the fact that people are bitching that he takes off his helmet. And I'm like, dude, he does a, th- a thousand times in the fucking outside game material, but whatever. Um, like, I've literally taken the comic book where he takes off his helmet and you see his face. And I've yeah. sent that to people. Like, please shut the fuck up. This is canon. Um, like, oh, it's so frustrating. Anyway, yeah, so season two starts. Uh we don't have anything else tomorrow. What's up? Tomorrow. Oh, it starts tomorrow. Okay. Jesus. We've got yeah. a bunch to do. Um, but yeah, guys. So yeah, we're going to watch that tomorrow. Uh, we're going to review it uh, next episode. And we'll also probably talk about more wrestling until we start the other podcast. Cause yeah, we got this shit happening with wrestling every fucking week. It seems like the, the news with wrestling is insane right now. Um, but yeah, uh, and if you guys have any um, ideas for the name of the podcast, let us know. We've kind of run through quite a bit. Uh, none are really working because, like, the one that Maya really liked had, like, what, three podcasts already with that title? Yeah. And then uh, the ones that I have kind of come up with aren't 100% clicking. So we're trying to come up with something, but... It's 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 not easy when there's like a thousand fucking wrestling podcasts out there and we want to stick out. Yeah, and that's my whole 
worry is how do we stick out, especially when it's a very crowded landscape with a lot of insiders already doing this kind of thing. I was like, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't worry about it and just pick a name and and do it. Yeah. Maybe. So anyway, if you guys have any ideas, let us know. Uh, You can do that by following us on the social medias and and talking to us there. Those are all going to be listed down below. And you'll also know when the new episodes go up by following us on those. Um, If you also want to support us directly, go check out our Teespring store. There's loads of cool merch over there, especially for the coming spring and summer seasons. Um, And if you made it this far in the podcast, go to uh, use discount code AQU15 for 15% off your order. Uh, That's AQU15 for 15% off. Uh, That's it for my notes. Where, Where can folks find you, Maya? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile, so give me a follow. Send me a message. We'll talk all things nerdy stuff, uh, but just don't be a creep. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Chub Rock Geek under all social medias. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I said um like there was something else to that. Yeah, Chub Rock Geek everywhere. Go follow me. I I don't post much, but you can do that. Um, all right, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Remember Halo 2 next week? Uh, Halo Season 2, sorry. Let me be very clear on that. Halo Season 2 on, on Paramount+. Plus. Um, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs>